Hello and welcome to the Uncapped Podcast, proudly presented by Roast House Pub, where elevated culinary creations meet a fresh, evolving craft beer selection, making it one of Frederick's unique dining destinations. Just a quick note before we get started. During the episode, we talk about events taking place at the Guinness Open Gate Brewery to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. Those events have unfortunately been canceled due to COVID-19 concerns. Guinness has also announced that starting today, March 13th, until further notice, the brewery will be closed to visitors to help minimize the risks to their guests, their families, and their employees. You can keep up to date on when they will be reopening on social media and at GuinnessBreweryBaltimore.com. This is episode 173, and I'm your host, Chris Sands. Today, we're, we've invited back into the studio our friend Ryan Wagner, the Guinness Ambassador for the Open Gate Brewery, located in, what's the official name of that? Baltimore, here? Maryland. That's Isn't what we say. Okay, in Re- Baltimore, Mar- it's, Relay, Maryland. It's Relay, That's it. Yeah. Um, so you were last on, it was episode 41. Wow. Yeah, it was I mean, I wouldn't say I'm good at this, but it was when I was even worse at it. <laughs> well, that's and that's crazy. hundred. Well, I was going to thank you for bringing me on for such a monumental number as 173. Um, but yeah, it's great. Congratulations to you guys, man. 130 episodes since then. That's that's nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Somehow, no one's told me to stop yet. Stop. Okay. Well, <laughs> I say it's the final episode. Sorry, everyone. Yep. There it was. Pack up. Thanks for having us. <laughs> um. So it was, it was roughly two and a half years ago. Um, the test tap room hadn't even opened yet. No. Um, I would assume construction had started, right? Yeah. That, so that would have been, I mean, what are we looking at? July, August was, of 2017? Yeah, it was right? August of 2017. Yeah. So I, I had just come on board in early July. And uh, January was when they sort of identified Baltimore. They, they knew about the site. That's when they made the decision that yeah. that's where it was going to be. Uh, so construction, yeah, had begun. I don't think it had truly begun in earnest, um, but we were we had started the process of of ending up where we are today. So now at this point, um, the main, the full blown permanent experience, experience yeah. has been in place for one and a half years. Mm-hmm. How's that one and a half years gone? I've heard it's been successful to a degree. Yeah, I mean, maybe I, a. I think it's always going to depend on who you ask and what what you know what part of the the business and what part of the experience they're looking at. Um, for somebody like me, uh, and you and I have talked about this before. I'm sure you're like this with the podcast. When you're when you're this close to something and when it's when it's right in front of your face, it's very hard to pick out the things that you want to do better, the the challenges that you experience. Um, but then when you step back, and I don't do it nearly enough. I should do it more. But when you step back and kind of take a look around, I had an Instagram post the other day. Um, where I was sitting in there on a Friday afternoon, I think it was one o'clock in the afternoon, and the place was packed, and the bar was full, and there were a lot of smiling faces and a lot of great beer being poured. Um, our staff, who I'm incredibly proud of, were, were engaging with everybody that was there. And uh, you, you take a step back and you go, man, we really did something here. We really created something. So yeah, it's been, it's been 18 months. In some ways, it feels like it's been 18 days. In other ways, it feels like it's been 18 years. Um, but successful, I think, in just about every metric we can, we can measure. I think we're doing pretty good. That's, I mean, I fully expected you to just say yes when it was 100% smashing success because, I mean, well, there's always room for improvement no matter how good you are. Um, but it's just like every time I've been there or any time I've seen um, a social media post of someone who's there, yeah. the place is packed. We're very blessed uh, in regard to 
how many people show up and, and honestly, the number of regulars, like the people that have come back uh, is something that um, I'm very proud of. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I think if you talk to any brewer, right, any brewer in the state of Maryland, we have a ton of friends in this industry. If you talk to Colin at Diamondback, if you go and talk to, to Adam and Kevin and John at Union, I mean, we're all going to say, I don't think anybody would say 100% nailing everything. It's absolutely perfect yeah. um, because you're always striving to get better. I think the minute that you get complacent in this business, really in any business, uh, you might as well shut her up. So... I can't remember what was there was a milestone of visitors. How many people have you had through the doors? Yeah, so was, uh well to put it in context, the first twelve months we were open, the goal that we had set for ourselves and, and there was quite a bit of, of um I don't know, sort of chuckling that, that there's no way you're gonna get to this. It was three hundred thousand people in year one. That's what we wanted. That's that's what the goal was. Uh we got to four hundred ten thousand in year one. We, we sort of knocked that one out of the park, which was great. Uh, as we sit here right now, we're at about 18 months in, give or take, and we're over 600,000 people through the doors. So we're, uh, we're tracking well. Um, I think we're ahead of the pace that we set in year one by a little bit. Um, so yeah, the numbers continue to grow. We had uh, almost 3,000 people in there a couple Saturdays ago. Uh, so just when you think it's going to slow down, I think the benefit that we have, obviously the space is huge. Um, people are still, it's still very much a shiny new thing. Yeah. We can't live on that forever. Um, Although but it's going the, well. I mean, there's still, um, I, I'm surprised. I still run into people that don't know that there's a Guinness brewery in Maryland. Yeah. Call so, Oliver Gray right now. You tell him that. <laughs> so I, there's still, there's a still large market of people to reach that aren't even aware it's there yet. So I don't, I, even if the nice shiny thing wears off to yeah. some people, there's still a lot of people to reach to bring in. There is. Yeah. I mean, I think that, um, certainly out here in Frederick, even within Baltimore and Baltimore is, you know, the downtown is three, four miles away from us. Um, the big one for me is DC as well. I know that you got a lot of listenership down there. Uh, again, we both have a lot of friends in that part of the world. Uh, it's tough to get people in DC to leave 495. It's tough to get them outside the beltway. Um, We've been working hard. Well, they don't want to come slum it with us Marylanders. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a fun challenge, right? Because the people that haven't been there maybe know about it, but they're not sure what it is. Some people, to your point, haven't heard about it at all. Um, and so a lot of it's been word of mouth. I mean, we're doing a fair bit of advertising. We're doing a lot of media. We're doing uh, yeah, things that we need to do. You're but. everywhere now. Yeah, man, especially this time of year. Thanks for inviting me up a week before St. Patrick's Day, Chris. I appreciate it. You know, that. I debated on it. I was like, you know what? He's probably really busy. And then I thought, Chris, it would be really cool to do an episode with Guinness about St. Patrick's Day and release yeah. it right before St. Patrick's Day. And then I was like, I care more about myself than Ryan, so let's just go forward <laughs> with it. <laughs> you know I love you, man. You know I always got time for you. Um, I, I, I actually 100% thought when I asked you, you're just going to say, yeah, there's no chance of that happening. <laughs> no, I, this this is the kind of stuff I love to do. You know, um, my role has has evolved in so many different ways, and it's it's crazy. You know, and, and no two days are different. Uh, excuse me, no two days are the same, which is great. Every day is a, is a different uh, experience, a different journey, different challenge. Um but I've taken on sort of the beer quality role at the brewery, making sure that the beer is always the way the brewers intended it to be poured, working with a lot of people on that, but I'm still trying to lend a hand there. Uh, the training and education of our staff, and then also getting out in the world, making sure that the beer is pouring uh, everywhere outside the brewery walls the way that we want it to. Um, so it's, uh, you got no complaints from me, man. It's a blast. And someone is a, a face of the brewery too, sometimes, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. well, because you've, you've done a ton of, uh, 
TV spots, at least recently, and yeah. over the past year or so. Um, I, I think that uh, I'm very lucky that they they asked me to do those types of things and, and that they um, they consider me worthy of that, that incredible uh, honor and responsibility. Um, but I'm just very passionate about what we're building. And I, I try to uh, I try to show that and I try to exude that. Everybody I talk to, every, every place I go, every beer that I pour. Um, and I think that's helped me in, in that regard because when you talk to me about that place, um, it's coming from a very real place. I think you know that. I'm a Baltimore yeah, I, kid. I mean, this place is very meaningful to me and to a lot of people. Yeah, when you when you talk the gospel of Guinness, yeah. it doesn't come off as um, a corporate shill just <laughs> regurgitating something that a marketing person told them to say. Nah, man, I can't. I can't do that. <laughs> you know, for me, and I try to train our staff like this too. You know, these guys, no two people that come in that brewery this are the same. You've got people that have absolutely no beer experience at all but their Irish heritage is the most important thing. So they feel like this is where they've got to go. Right. And then on the other end of the spectrum, beer drinkers in this country, and I would say beer drinkers in this state, thanks to people like you, thanks to the brewing community, thanks to uh, everybody that has made beer as present as it is in Maryland. We have people that are coming in that are as expert level as anybody I've ever run into. I mean, these are people that want to know the hops, want to know the, the mash temperature, want to know. I mean, it's, it's crazy. So to, to train our staff to make sure that they're able to talk as passionately, but also as intelligently and as educated as possible about what we're doing, um, that's become super important. So I, I would say in terms of media and getting out and doing the commercials and, and the, and the uh, interviews and those kind of things, um, I love that. I love that I get to do that. But that brewery has a lot of faces, and it's also got a lot of voices. I mean, for all the people that I get to reach and interact with, one bartender on a Friday night in there is going to yeah. talk to more people than I can. Um, we're going to take a real quick um, sponsor break to thank uh, Rose House Pub for their continued support, which your ep the first time you were on was the first episode that they sponsored, the first time the podcast was had someone supporting us, so... Thank you, Roast House Pub, for the continued support. Um, then we get back. Let's. Um, I want to talk about tours a little bit. Mm -hmm. Uncapped is brought to you by one of Frederick's original Maryland craft beer destinations, located off of Urbana Pike, featuring a warm, inviting atmosphere and knowledgeable staff serving up fresh, locally sourced culinary creations and unique craft beers on tap. Open seven days a week, our friends at Roast House Pub invite you to enjoy a casual lunch, happy hour specials, delicious dinners, and specialty desserts. Follow them on social media to keep up to date on their monthly beer dinners, mom's spaghetti dinner battles, and what beer is being featured for Buck Above Monday. So do you um, do you do many tours to the public still, or are you mainly the uh, rubbing elbows with the VIP tours? With the Mucky Mucks? Yeah. Uh, I, I, do a, I do a public tour every now and again, uh, certainly to help out our, our tour guides. I mean, our, yeah. our tour staff is still incredibly small. I mean, it's, it's five or six people, um, depending on the day. Uh, so I'll jump in occasionally, but yeah, for me, it's, it's more about at this point, industry focused tours, um, you know, retail partners, distributors that, that might come out media, um, people like that. Um, and I, and, and I enjoy that because I have, I have the ability and, and sort of the way that my job works working throughout all the levels of that, of our, you know, three tiers, essentially. Um, I can tailor my tour a little bit more than our, than our guides yeah. can. Um, well, you're out there seeing yeah. more of it all, experiencing and know what 
what someone from a restaurant cares to hear during the tour or from a distributor or. Oh, for sure. And I mean, the other thing that I think um, that I'm incredibly passionate about, uh, we don't have, in, in my opinion, we don't have the ability to say no ever. Uh, if somebody's coming out that's a that's a, a member of the media, um, an influencer, if they're uh, uh, you know maybe not as as influential as as Chris across the table from me, I have no influence. What's with me either? Um, but so it, it, no matter what, if they call us and say, "Hey, I'm going to be at the brewery in ten minutes. Can you can you give us a tour?" Our job is to say, "Yeah." Come on in. We want to share this with you. We want you to see it. So we have a very Should, um, probably shouldn't be too public about that. Well, no. I mean, it, it, trust me, it, it can't possibly get any any more last minute with some of these. But um, so we have a very very set uh, tour schedule for the public, and uh, we adhere to that because those, those are our guests, man. Yeah. We want to make sure. So my my job is also in some cases to fit a little mini tour, be in. that buffer, yeah, for... sort of get in between some of those regular tours. Um, but even within that, I mean, there, you know, I can't be in at every place every time, much to my dismay. Uh, so our guides have stepped in a couple of times with those types of groups, and, and they've knocked it out of the park. So the um, the types of people who are coming for the tours, has the Open Gate Brewery become like a, a destination for tourists, or is it still mainly like people within a driving distance? I think the majority is still that driving distance crowd, and I love that. I think that's yeah. that's important. You know, we we all know that if you're going to open a brewery in this country, you better own your backyard, and that's that's our way of making sure that those people are taken care of. Uh, that being said, uh, we we hit a milestone. Uh, I don't think it was too too long ago where we had a visitor from all 50 states, and uh, one of our tour guides, Jim, who I call lovingly Jeff because I couldn't get his name right in the <laughs> beginning, uh, but Jim Kerman, who's who's been with us since the very beginning, uh, just recently found out that he had given a tour to at least one person from all 50 states himself, which oh, is that's pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. So um, I like Jim a lot. Jim's great. You know, Jim is the first person that I didn't know that mentioned listening to this podcast to me. I don't really know how to react to that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, Jim's Jim's great, but he was just, the, he's the first person that ever came. I was, <laughs> I was at love thy beer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And he came up and introduced himself. This year? As, no, no. Last um, year. No, I think it was before you were even on. Oh, my gosh. Oh, was, okay. Yeah, it was like three years ago. Jim is a great story, man. Jim is a guy that is as passionate as anybody I know about beer and about Guinness. Yeah, when I, I met him, he he was just talking about how he wanted to get into the industry somehow and was applying at different places and wanted to work at a brewery. So he was a regular at the TTR, at the Test Tap Room. And okay. then when we started hiring tour guides, he was front line, you know, front of the line, resume in hand. And uh, he's, I mean, he's just run with it. And he is, uh, he's a very sharp guy. Um, that whole tour group, you know, they, they have, uh, they're all different. And every tour is unique, which I absolutely adore. We did not want a cookie cutter experience. I did not want that. And so we built a script that was very much a, a, almost an outline. You know, here are the bullet points. Here are the key things we want you to hit. But I'm not going to give you go to this spot, place your leg on this chair, yeah. talk about the importance of this, this, that. No, I, I wanted them to make this tour uh, what it is. And um, what's really interesting to me is, you know, you sort of mentioned this. We don't have the ability to just create an experience for that tourism market, right? Um, the storehouse in Dublin, as cool as it is, and it is the single best museum experience, tour experience I've ever had. No question about it. But what they have the ability to do, uh, of the 2 million or so visitors they get a year, I think north of 90% are from somewhere other than Ireland. Yeah. Right? Because the Irish, 
Guinness is in your blood, right? Yeah. You don't have to. You don't have to go to the storehouse. That being said, they created this incredible experience. It's not cookie cutter, but it is very structured. And ours is not unstructured. It's just not as rigid and specific as as theirs can be occasionally. And so what we have created is a tour that can be a living, breathing thing for that tourism crowd, but also is unique enough and different enough that if you live down the street and you come in you care a couple times it. a month, you can take it multiple times, and yeah. you're probably going to have a different experience each time you do. Well, I mean, of the couple times I've gone on the tour it, for events and stuff, it's changed. Like, there's even, like, there's physical changes as oh, you're yeah. going through. So even from that aspect, like, as the brewery's evolving still. And it will continue. You know, as, as we continue to, to learn our space, as we continue to um, understand better how to create the type of experience that we want to create. Um, I mean, we're, we're already talking about upgrades that we need to make, expansions that we need to do. Um, I don't want to break any news here, but we, we, we have a couple of things that I think um, you should probably just break about. it. You want me to break, break it here? News, yeah. I, I mean, we're, we, we are, we're looking to create more of that um, unique, intimate, almost VIP type experience down there, mm-hmm. uh, which is important to me because I do feel like those tastings, those beer dinners, those types of things, the more intimate the space, the more unique the experience, the more memorable it'll be. That being said, we don't want to do it at the expense of what we have created which is this amazing community, right, of people, of, of new people that are coming in, of, of regulars that have been there twice a week for the last 18 months. Um, and it, it, it's amazing that those people exist together every single day down there. You've got the guy that flew in from halfway across the country and dragged his wife or his kids with him because he <laughs> needed to come to Guinness because it's just so uh, integral to his existence to be a part of this experience. He's sitting at the bar next to one of our regulars who comes in every Wednesday to have a beer with his friends from work. And they exist at the same time in the same tap room. And that's, that's fun to watch, man. Yeah. So I, I listened back to um, our original episode and one of the things you had said was that they hoped to kind of build this mixture of a craft brewery and um, St. James Gate. Yeah. I feel like it's been accomplished, especially like if you, you have your regulars that are treating it like your typical craft beer pub. Yeah. And there is a full, there's a full on experience side of going there. What I've realized, and I coined a phrase um, early on after we opened the new space, uh, so August of 2018, um, what I've realized, and, and those that have been to St. James's Gate and, and to the storehouse will know exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, St. James's Gate is a museum that happens to have a bar in it. We're a bar that happens to have a museum in it. So it's two very different ends of the of a, yeah. you know a very similar spectrum. Um, the other thing that I love about our space, when you go to the storehouse, as epic as it is, you see beer being made a grand total of zero times. When you come to Baltimore, you're inside the living ten barrel pilot brewery. Yeah. You're watching Todd and Caleb and Chris and and you know possibly Holly and Sean and all those guys. They're in there working. This is not, you know, this is not Pirates of the Caribbean at Disney. These are not animatronics. These guys are are in there making the beer that you're drinking upstairs every day. Todd being um, the the gentleman you poached from Frederick. Oh, come on now. (laughs) Todd Rigo. I would like to point out that uh, poaching, number one, is a harsh word. And number two, 
Uh, we just brought the guy home. He was living in Catonsville yeah. and driving to Frederick every day. Now his commute, I think, is six minutes. Um, yeah, I was told to not allow him to bring his resume whenever I asked <laughs> him if he wanted to co-host. Um, so apparently what they feared was going to happen did. <laughs> you know what, man? I, I have to say, Todd is... Um, we are so incredibly lucky to have him. I mean, we and incredibly lucky to have all of our brewers. And I think my favorite, if, if I can be selfish for a minute, my favorite part of this entire process, all of it, all the beer, all the media, all the trips, all the everything, um, I count Peter Weens, Sean Brennan, Holly Stevenson, Todd Perkins. Uh, they're among my best friends now. And and it's um, I'm very lucky to be able to say that. It's kind of... Um like uh, Guinness just went out on the free agent market and picked up all the any any uh, all star that was available at the time. Are you calling us the New York Yankees of the brewing kind, industry? Chris? I mean, kind that's, of. That's pretty harsh, man. <laughs> um, I, look, what I think is incredibly important is that Guinness uh, recognized something that I think all great companies and all great people, for that matter, know, which is that they didn't know everything, right? So rather than sending brewers over from Dublin, and they're some of the best in the world over there, yeah. right? But they understood that if they were going to be a legitimate, authentic part of the craft beer scene in this state, in this, state, in this city, in this country, um, in order to do that, you better have some people that know what they're doing. Uh, so the, the lines of communication are always open between Baltimore and Dublin. Those brewers are teaching us a whole lot about Guinness, about its heritage, about its yeast, about all those things. And in turn, our brewers are sending some beer back over there that's really giving the brewers in Dublin insight into what the American beer market is. Uh, and I, I, that's, that's valuable. When was the last time you were over in Ireland? Uh, December of 2017, so a few months okay. after. So it's been a little while. It has I been, yeah. Because I, I was just wondering what the craft beer scene in, in Ireland is like. Yeah, actually, uh, one of our, our beer specialists, which is similar to the role that I do here, uh, his name's Aaron Ridgway. Um, he's been over a few times, typically around St. Patrick's Day, to give us a hand. Uh, was talking to him about that very thing a couple, uh, probably about a month ago. It wasn't that long ago. It's growing. You know, they're still conservatively probably 10 years or so behind the American beer market. Um, but the quality is increasing. The diversity is increasing. The vibrancy is increasing. Um, and I think at the epicenter of all that is the Open Gate Brewery in Dublin, you know, mm -hmm. where we get our name. Uh, they are doing some incredible work. I will say, as a tip of the cap to those guys, every once in a while you look on Instagram and see their new beer menu come out, and I'm like, a couple of those look familiar. <laughs> um, so, they're, again, you know, that, that line of communication is so valuable. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the craft beer market is growing everywhere, right? I mean, yeah. I saw it in New Zealand when my wife and I honeymooned there in February of, of 2019. Um, we're going to Italy, hopefully, uh, later this summer. And um, it's it's growing around the world that. because there yeah there, there's um <laughs> there's just such an interest in the craft of of brewing beer and it's it's cool to be here in America where it all really started yeah early last year um, we recorded an episode with a guy who owns a brewery in Sweden and now I feel like I got the wrong country Norway well, somewhere somewhere in that area yeah. <laughs> and someone from Finland from Germany and. Uh, even they like between those two countries is very like Germany's even further behind because of the purity beer purity laws and just their ideas of beer. Um, but then they said like the rest of uh, Europe is much further along. Yeah. And, and but still is it's kind of like um, 
U.S. in the early 2000s, late 90s, where it's still a lot of educating the consumer that there, there's this whole other world of beer. There's, and I think it, a lot of it must have to do with the geographic expectation that those brewers have, right? I mean, if you're in the Rhine River Valley, if you're in Cologne or if you're in, in Dusseldorf, you better make a Kolsch, you better yeah. make an alt beer, right? That, I mean, that's, that's just what you do. Um, I think that's why the American craft beer market took off the way that it did, because we weren't bound by any geographic expectation. When the craft beer boom uh, took off in the 70s and 80s, everyone was just trying to outdo each other from a creativity standpoint, from an innovation standpoint, and that's continued to this day. I mean, we're, we're doing a lot of historic styles. Goza probably would not exist anymore if not for American brewers sort of um, – uh, uh, bringing them back yeah, and making them delicious. I was going to say rebirthing the style, right. essentially. Um, so it's uh, it's fun. And a lot of it has to do with the melting pot that this country is. You know, a lot of influence from different backgrounds, different countries, different uh, heritages. Um, and that that's what makes it so diverse and so uh, multifaceted, I think. We're going to take another uh, real quick sponsor break. And then we get back... Um a few more questions about tours and Ireland, um, the brewery in Ireland a little bit. The Uncapped Podcast is brought to you by District East. A lot of Friday and Saturday afternoons, you'll find me at District East for their weekly beer tastings. District East is part of the local beer community, and they get limited releases and exclusive beers that are hard to find anyplace else. This is why I chose District East for the release of my collaboration beers. One of my favorite things to do at District East is building a custom six-pack. With over 900 beers on their shelves and new beers every week, District East is a great place to find beers I love and to discover new and hard-to-find ones. They also have eight beers on tap for Crowler and Growler fills, and they have kegs to go. District East is located on Northeast Street in Frederick, in the same shopping center as Family Mill and Rockwell Brewery. You can find today's beers lists on the District East Facebook page or at www.districteast.beer. I'm excited to announce our newest sponsor, Vanish Farmwoods Brewery. Vanish is a brewery and entertainment complex located on a 62-acre hops and apple farm in Luckett's, Virginia, just 20 minutes from Frederick, Maryland and Leesburg, Virginia. With over 20 beers on tap, a selection of wines and ciders, along with multiple food options, there is something for everyone. Vanish has live music on Saturdays and Sundays and a wide variety of special events. Go to VanishBeer.com for information on everything they have to offer. So actually, um, why don't you tell us about the beer we were drinking? Because it, it debuted what, last year, right? Yeah, then, it did. Uh, the, the concept of the Crossland series, which is something that at the dinner you were at the other night, we went back and forth about quite a bit. Uh, Crosslands is a, is a name that we've attached to any beer that features at least one local ingredient. Uh, so we've done pale ales uh, with, featuring malt. We've done pale ales featuring local hops. Uh, the honey ale has been a big one for us and has come back. This is clover honey uh, in the Crosslands honey ale. And the honey comes from a company called Apex Apiary, uh, which was a mile or two down the road from the brewery. They've since relocated to uh, the eastern shore, which is great for them. More room, more space. Uh, bees and that industry, so, so important um, to the uh, ecological system and the uh, ecological system, ecosystem, I think most people call it. Um, so we're, we're very lucky to be able to work with a partner like that. It's good, man. 7%, super crisp. What I like about honey, it's a simple sugar, so it ferments out completely. So you get a little bit of the sweetness from the honey, but it's just bone dry. It doesn't linger at all. It, it almost doesn't taste like there's alcohol in it at all. Like it's a, 
Seven percent's not, especially by today's standards, not huge. Um, but it doesn't even taste like there's seven percent of alcohol in there. Seven percent, not huge. Yeah. <laughs> so on a quick tangential thing here, uh, I I wanted to tell you about this real quick. I went to a bottle share the other night for the first time. Uh, Chris Cobbs, my neighbor, I will give him a shout out because he's a smart guy, very like crazy beer uh, knowledge. And this is one of those beer shares where you show up and people have bottles of beer that you've never even heard of. And then you look at the ABV and it's 17 and a half percent or something absurd like that. I showed up with a pale ale from Torch and Crown Brewing in New York, which I thought was cool because you can't get it down here. 4.8%. I've never seen so many people thumb their noses at me at the same time. <laughs> all um, rolling their eyes. They're all like, what is this? Um, but yeah, man, I think there's something to be said for uh, balance, for drinkability, for those types of things. So yeah, the Crosslands Clover Honey Ale, it's going to be on draft for St. Patrick's Day weekend, and then it'll stick around for as long as it's, uh, as long as it's there. And then we also brought uh, the six packs. So six packs will be there for you to take home. I love the can design on this one. We've been trying to be very uh, consistent with our canning, with the labeling that comes from the brewery. You can hold um, that up. Oh, thank you. Um, and uh, so the sort of the, the lighter color at the bottom, the name of the beer, that's always going to be consistent. And then the, the top color sort of, do I hold it near my face? That's perfect. Is that good? Yeah. Do we got it? Um, this one obviously featuring uh, shamrocks on it because why not, right? Uh, but yeah, that's a good one. Uh, there seems a, to be a synergy between Guinness and Shamrock. I believe that's true. Yeah. Um, but the big one, uh, the one that you said that you had wished I had brought, the one that I'm excited about. Good I mean, one. We're, we're bringing back Black Current Stout, which, which everybody, that was a, yeah, everybody I likes loved, that one. That was a really good one, too. Uh, we stuck with the current idea, but we did a red current kettle sour for the sour fanatics out there. And then we, um, we're bringing back a beer that I think is as cool as anything we've done. It's, it's our Eldorado Amber, which has been around quite a bit. Everybody kind of uh, knows that beer and likes it. But we steeped in Irish breakfast tea. So it just pairs really well with the caramel malt character, uh, just lightly bitter. It's got a tannic character that you get from the tea. You loved it. It was insanely good. I love it. Um, well, so it's just, it's, a, it's a crazy sensory experience. Yeah. It, you can smell the like the aroma is very tea forward. Um, you take a drink, and it tastes like an amber ale. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, nothing but tea. Yeah. And it, it's just and it both are delicious. <laughs> Holly, man, steely-eyed missile man. I the, she is insane. She's just so missile good woman. at what she do. Missile woman, missile person. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, she's great. We just brewer of the year in by magazine. Brewer of the year. Twenty five most influential women in Baltimore. Forty under forty. Baltimore magazine. <laughs> Who's counting? I think it's, I think that was Baltimore Business Journal. Um, we've started hanging uh, her own magazine covers around nice. the brewery <laughs> until she notices. Um, I mean, you know Holly. She's as yeah. humble as they come. Uh, and but... the nicest people ever. All right, so we talked about Clover Honey Ale. Now I want to drink a beer that has your face on it. Well, we can do that. Um, actually, we'll do that first because, I mean, I probably would have made you try it anyway. Yeah. Um, but as I was listening through, one thing we talked about was old school West Coast IPA palate destroying beers. Yeah, man. And that's what we made with Hysteria. So what do you think? I, I like it. Yeah, I mean, a, an IPA with bitterness. A lot of how bitterness. Da, how dare you? <laughs> yeah, no, it's great, man. I um, you know, Ty and the guys are are again good friends. Um, and uh, I, I still don't know how you convince people to make beer cans with your face on them. What did you tell? This is your third one. This is uh, yeah, and there's another one in the works. Another one in the works. Yeah. Now people just do it. Actually, I all don't right, know. okay. Uh, look, look, <laughs> Brad Pitt. Let, just let's calm the celebrity down 
for a minute. No, now just people don't even ask me anymore. I, I, just, <laughs> I just show up and there's beer cans with a face on them. You know? Well, the first one wasn't even my idea. Beach drink wasn't my idea to put my can on a face. I'm kind of reverse of that. You put your face, face on, on a can, can. not yeah, your whatever. can. I mean, uh, often yeah, you will put your can yeah. on it. Like, continue. Um, it, like that, I'm narcissistic, but I'm not that bad. Look, man, here, here's the deal. Okay, the second one, I may have hinted that it would be a cool idea. What was the, the second? Third, was the second one? The with? second one was with idiom. Right. That was yep. the, Um, and then it just, I mean, it just made sense for I'm trying to nap. Um, <laughs> all I know is that I desperately want to be among the last standing brewers in the state to not have a can with your face <laughs> on it. If we can make it to the final three, I'll be happy. Here's the thing. I might be the face of the Open Gate Brewery in Baltimore. You're apparently the face of Maryland beer. <laughs> so which one of us, you said you're not influential. I mean, people, I don't even ask anymore. I just show up and there's you know, <laughs> cans of beer with my face on it, so... Big deal. Well, I mean, I asked the brewers if they want to make a beer. Just now everyone thinks it's a cool idea to... And then they, it's what does also, that say about your face? That, that, that We need to have... I'm going to interview you for a second. What does that say about your face that people are like, that's a face that belongs on a beer can? I don't know. Maybe... Yeah. It doesn't seem like a great decision. You should, you should shave the beard and do like a light, crisp, like Pilsner or something. No yeah. frills Pilsner. Crispy boy. No Frillsner. <laughs> yeah. I'm giving away stuff here for free, and so get rid of the beard. So it's just your your bare face on a can. I I'm not gonna shave. It's, You're not gonna shave. No, it's it. not good. Look. What happened the last time you did that? The, so yeah, the wait. Oh, is it when was the last time you were clean shaven? It was probably like 2011. Okay. And maybe 12. I put my daughter down for a nap i can't remember how old she is that's like and i went to a barber shop and had like like and it was you did like the straight razor yeah, the whole deal and it was like when my beard was at its longest like bigger than yours at this point which i'm very happy to see you showed up with a beard this time because last time it was wholly disappointing you, know you showed up all clean shaven i i think jim uh said that to me he said that, that you know this is obviously before he was working with us he was like i didn't even recognize you when i went to training because <laughs> only i knew you from chris's podcast and you didn't have a beard. And I did not remember not having a beard, but somebody texted me. Was it Liz? Yeah. Liz well, she, texted me during me. the, or she commented. Yeah, yeah she that's commented right. yeah, with yeah. a question. Yeah. Yeah, because you were having your uh, engagement photos taken. That's right. My goodness. And I've been married almost two years now. Yeah. So I went while she was napping. Yeah. And I went to a barbershop, had a straight razor done, which was an awesome experience. I'd never had that done before. It was very relaxing. I got home just as she was waking up for a nap, and she was walking down the steps, saw me, yelled no, and, <laughs> and started crying yeah. and told me to grow my beard back. So once again, people see your face and they weep. Yeah. Why are people putting your face on beer cans? I don't know. Poor judgment, obviously. I, clearly. Yeah. Now, this is a very good beer, man. I, I, I'm very much an old school, you know, IPA drinker, man. I, I want some bitterness. We have a beer. Well, Guinness IPA, our core IPA that's been on since we started, is an awesome beer. I mean, that's an absolutely killer beer. So the first time I was at the test tap room, yeah. I saw Guinness IPA listed there. I almost didn't order it because I was worried that it was Guinness Don't say I it. <laughs> don't say it. We don't and, talk about it. Is that still made? No. Right, good. And <laughs> and um, 
I think I asked you. Yeah. Right. I mean, I definitely asked someone. You're like, no, it's no, it's, it's completely it's Peter's different in the hall. He's doing. Yeah. I tried it. And I was like, that was a great beer. Still was a great beer. It's well, the, the joke with our with our bar staff is that uh, I'll often walk up to the bar after you know after a shift after a tour whatever it is, just having a pint before heading home. And I'll look at the menu, and the menu changes every two weeks or so. We got a lot of new stuff that comes on. I'm looking at the menu. Ah, maybe, ah, maybe that. Ah. Kind of going back and forth. And the bartender will look at me, no matter who it is. You know, we have 30 bartenders or something. Bartender looks at me. You want to get an IPA? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to. That's exactly what I want. Thanks. Uh, but we have batch 62 as well, which was in cans. Um, we put it in cans for the first time about six or eight weeks ago. That's the West Coast. Right? That's the West Coast. Yeah, so that it, one's it's, good too. It, yeah, it reminds me a little bit of what we're drinking here. Um, a little lower on the gravity end. It's I think we finished that one at seven percent ABV, uh, but yeah, man, I, I like bitterness. I, I want to know that so I'm drinking I. an IPA. I mean, maybe that makes me old fashioned, but I don't care. Well, it's a I I can't remember whose I had. I had someone's West Coast IPA a few months ago, and I was like, wow, I remember now. I loved super bitter beers. Yeah, man. So when Ty and I were talking, and they're like, "What do you guys want to make?" I was like, "I want to make an absolute." bitter assault on your taste buds west yeah. coast ipa and they're like yes absolutely yeah and, well what i and i like about this one i mean what are we at nine nine percent right yeah. Is that what um there's there's some malt characteristic in there too i mean I, I i think that that's something that's been lost is that balance between hops and malt um so to uh yeah i mean to make a beer like that yeah how dare you so um you touched on two of the beers that'll be released on St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Um, I assume that um, St. Patrick's Day is a little bit of a significant date for Guinness. So you might be having, I mean, probably at least some one or two events, right? Uh, actually, we're just having the one big one. Yeah, so uh, Saturday and Sunday, this coming Saturday and Sunday, um, what is it, the 14th and 15th, right? Yeah. Uh, 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. both days. Last year we did two separate sessions each day. This year, we're just opening the doors. You can come whenever you like. Um, we're still doing a ticket this year. And the reason is it's an incredible opportunity for us to give back. And that's what I love about St. Patrick's Day. So um, $20 is the ticket. Uh, you can get them online at GuinnessBreweryBaltimore.com or just search Guinness Baltimore. Um, that $20 gets you your first beer, a commemorative button, I think this year. And then um, $5 from each ticket is going to go to two local charities. So uh, last year, I think we raised around $75,000. Oh, nice. Uh, so I'm, this, it's a massive opportunity for yeah. us to do that. Um, so the, there, are, there are more beers that are special for that day too, right? Yeah, we mentioned, uh, so the, the Irish Tea Amber, the one that, that we both love so much, Black Current Stout's coming back, Red Current Sour will be there, the Crossland's Honey in Draft and, and in Cans. Um, and then maybe not special for us because we're not the ones brewing them, but throughout the year, we often will get people that come in, sort of your old school classic Guinness drinkers, looking for Harp, Smithicks, and Kilkenny, beers that have been around for us for decades. Uh, so just for St. Patrick's Day weekend, those are back. And uh, it's a tip of the cap to our heritage, to what we do in Dublin, um, and really around the world. Can you order a black and tan at the brewery? We call them half and halves. Okay. Black and tan has sort of a unfortunate oh, socio-political yeah, connotation in right. Ireland. I do so remember we, that. We call them half and halves, not just because of that. I mean, that's a big part of it, but also because at the brewery, it's not just about the color of the beer because we've got a lot of people that will do a cranberry wheat ale on top of, or Guinness draft on top of a cranberry wheat, uh, coffee and cream ale, which was a big one for us. That just kicked a couple days ago on top of Guinness draft. So um, 
it used to just mean a light colored beer with a dark colored yeah. beer on top of it. Nowadays, a half and half is whatever your taste buds are telling you you should try. Just any beer with yeah, man. a nitrogenated beer on top. Well, not necessarily or- nitrogenated either. Guinness Draft floats on most other beers because its gravity is so low uh, okay. in relation to that of, uh, of water. So it, it floats because it's less dense. It has nothing okay. to do with nitrogenation. It's just got very low uh, residual sugar. And so it will you float. drop a knowledge? Always, man, always. <laughs> so technically, if you have a zero sugar hard seltzer as all the youngsters are drinking these days. The kids nowadays. You might float that on top of a Guinness draft if you're feeling Mind fancy. Mind blown. Yeah, man. You could you could certainly try it. We'll have to um although I'm wondering could, I was going to say we could take some Guinness draft over to Attaboy and do that, but I wonder what the gra- like the final gravity is because they had fruit in for well, the, which would add one of the best seltzers some. I've ever had were uh, our friends at uh, um, Two Roads in Connecticut. Mm-hmm. They did a seltzer line, but it was fresh fruit, so like the calories were a little higher, the sugar yeah. was a little higher, but it still oh, was good. low enough gravity. Yeah. To was, flo- or you didn't try? No, it. I didn't try floating. It was just it was really tasty. But that was one where the sugar was a little higher. Yeah, and, yeah. So yeah, the Attaboys is really good too. Yep. They, they have a mango one now. I need to try that. I love mangoes. That was also another senior brewer Sean Brennan. Uh, uh, Deathly allergic to mangoes. No way. Yeah. No That's mango sad. beer for Sean. No that is mango really beer sad. for Sean. Yep. Is it um is it just the skins that he's allergic to or the flesh too? Because I know some people are really sensitive to the skin. I I would love to tell you that I know the intimate details about Sean's allergy to mangoes. Why wouldn't you? If I knew if if I knew that beforehand, I would know every detail about his mango. You're allergy. right. A great follow up question to I'm allergic to mangoes is which part of the mango would you say yeah. you're most allergic to? I did not follow up with that. I think my follow up comment was, Oh man, that that's a bummer. It is a bummer. Yes. Mangoes are delicious. Mangoes are delicious. Let's not rub it in Sean's face. Yeah. That was also another thing that was announced during your first episode. Todd, um, who used to work at Monoxy Brewing Company, <laughs> keep rubbing <laughs> to, that in, buddy. Told told everyone about Miked Up Mango for the first time. Oh right, yeah, which was an absolutely delicious beer that Sean would not be able to enjoy. No, no, we had a mango IPA for New Year's, not this past New Year's, but the the New Year's before. And I remember asking Sean, like, "What do you think?" He's like, "I think it would kill me." Was pretty, <laughs> that's that's what I think. Yeah. I was going to ask you another question, but then you probably just make some snide comment about knowing any details of his allergy. Um, so, is it not enough to that I know the man's allergy? Like, we're no, it's not. You're not a good. We're friend. not blood brothers. We we don't like. I you I, said earlier that he was one of your best. He friends. He is one of my best friends, but I would know about you, details. Of I one do of know my, not to serve the man mangoes. Isn't if, that enough? If one of my best friends had a deadly allergy, I would know the details of that allergy. The only detail I need to know is Sean needs not eat any mangoes. That that is what I know. So I'm not going to like, oh, I wonder if this mango ice cream is the flesh or the skin. I guess we'll find out. Let's give it to Sean. Oh, I thought you were only allergic to the skin as he writhes on the ground. Sean, I'm sorry that. I'm not Ryan a good is, enough friend. Ryan yeah, is not, not a good uh, friend. Wow. Despite his claims. Um, so what else do you have going on for St. Patrick's Day? Um, 
we we really uh, I'll talk about it even though uh, it's sold out, which is great news for us. But we're doing a beer dinner on on the seventeenth uh, on St. Patrick's Day on Tuesday, What's and we're also that restaurant is so ridiculously good. Ah, uh, thanks, man. Yeah, we um that that part. I mean, the, we're all trying to keep up to the brew uh, to the brewers and the beer that they're making, right? So the food program and the tour program and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, the food has gotten great, man. I tell you what. This might blow a lot of people away. Brunch is our biggest seller in the restaurant. Saturdays and Sundays we do we do brunch. Brunch um, is very popular amongst the Utes. Yep, the Utes. What is a Ute? <laughs> uh, yeah, so we brunch has gone well, and people. I love the reaction they get when they come in and look at the brunch menu, and they're like, "Wait, you have an avocado toast? <laughs> You're damn right, we have an avocado toast, and it's delicious." Number one. Um, but yeah, that's can been Sean good. Can eat avocados? Uh, I believe he can eat okay. avocados. Yes. Um, no idea whether Sean Brennan can eat <laughs> avocados. Uh, so brunch has gone really well. We've been playing around with the idea of beer cocktails, which has been fun for me. So we have a, a, a michelada with blonde and Bloody Mary mix. We've got our white ale uh, made with orange juice. So we make a beer mosa, essentially. So we've been having a lot of fun with that. But, yeah, the restaurant's going well. The beer dinners have been a lot of fun. It's a way for us to engage a little bit uh, more intimately with, with, uh, with, with the guests. Um, so we've averaged one a month uh, here and there, one or two a month. And uh, that one's going to be fun, man. You know, we're going to we're going to give them some traditional Irish fare and uh, and take them through a couple of a couple of our, our really great beers. Are those um, meat pie things a normal thing on the menu? There? Oh, the one you had at the dinner the other night? Yeah. No, oh. that was special for you guys. Why you want to add it on? Because uh, I just tell people they should get them. Yeah, I'll, there, I'll tell them. That was good. I mean, the other thing I would point I out about- I had half of that for lunch the next day, and it was amazing. Oh, gosh. Well, when I walked <laughs> by you after you had already boxed it up, and I was like, dude, you ate all that? Like, I thought it was gone. You're like, no, 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 it's in the box. Because it was good, but yeah. it was- That is good, but it is filling. I mean, it was it was great. Um the other thing I should point out, the, the weekend coming up, the 14th and 15th again, so the 10 a.m. to 10 p.m., we're doing an Irish village. This is the brainchild of one Mr. Oliver Gray, who we both know. Um, uh, creating a village on the lawn outside, I, I, it looks like the weather is going to help us out this year. Last year it was bitter cold. It was super windy. This year we're looking at like mid-50s and sunny, yeah, which is ideal. It doesn't ideal. get cold anymore. It doesn't get <laughs> Save the bees. Um so, uh, yeah, so we're going to have a village out there, a couple of local folks coming in. The Maryland Zoo is going to be there. Uh, we have a, one of the most unique museums in the world in Baltimore, the, the uh, Irish Railroad Workers Museum, which is fascinating if you ever make it over there. They're going to be on site talking about what they do. It's um, amazing how often things like that that sound like they would be the most boring yeah. things in the world actually end up being super interesting. You know why? Passion. The people there, yeah, the, they just care so much about sharing that story and, and, and giving you um, all of the information. Like we have the Civil War Medicine Museum. Which is Frederick so cool. And, and creepy. I've lived here for 15 years now and never once thought of even going there because to me it was like, why? That just... It's like it's, right on the main drag too, yeah, right? It's, it's, yeah, oh yeah, it's, I mean, right, I've walked past it yeah. uh, thousands of times. So wait, you've never been? No, I I went there for the first time for part of this leadership program yeah. that I'm doing, and we we took a tour of it, and like it was ridiculously interesting. It's it's interesting. <laughs> it's terrifying. Some of that yeah, stuff they have extremely in there, but terrifying, it's, but it's but great. It was super interesting. You know what? You know what the most uh, the most interesting thing I learned in that museum was that the the images that we have all seen and that we all subscribe to. Oh yeah, completely wrong. Uh, but specifically of like 
the the Civil War battlefield sawing off yeah. of limbs while people were conscious and not sedated yeah. at all. The first thing they tell you when you walk in, like, by the way, we had access to sedatives. Yeah. They and were not screaming in the battlefield while their limbs were being removed from yeah, their Yeah, and in fact, a lot of modern-day medicine was developed during that time frame. Triage, yeah, yeah, specifically, like, battlefield triage. Yeah, no, it was, it, highly recommend. Two thumbs up. Yeah, but in my mind, for, uh, for, like, 14 years was that would be the most boring experience of my life. Yeah. Um, so, uh, back to the back to the village. Uh, Maryland Zoo... Um, uh, civil, uh, excuse me, Irish Railroad, Railroad Workers Museum. Say that ten times fast. An Irish dance school is going to be there. Uh, roving musicians, lots of food stalls, lots of beer stalls, merchandise, like the whole deal. So, um, legitimate booths like set up out on the lawn. So we're excited about that, giving people a different way to experience what's going on. I think you glossed over the coolest part of why the Baltimore Zoo's there. They're bringing, uh, hopefully, knock on wood, they are bringing uh, some of their animal ambassadors. Um, and I'm a Guinness Brewery ambassador, so I feel there's a kinship <laughs> there. Uh, yeah, so John you Gilroy. The, the tie-in what? of why they're bringing animals. John Gilroy. Okay. Oh, I'm, you're I'm, about I'm, to say I'm it. Okay. There. Sorry. I'm just kidding. Uh, a little slower then. Um, wow. It's <laughs> it's a bad week for you to invite me up here. But yeah, so John Gilroy, as, as some people may know, uh, the man responsible for all of the artwork that is at the center of most of our advertising. Um just an epic figure in Guinness history. I would say that there are two guys whose names uh, are not Guinness who are probably as important to the Guinness story as anybody whose name is Guinness. One is John Gilroy, the creator of all those advertisements. The other, Michael Ash, the inventor of nitrogenation. Um, so, uh, yeah, so we're bringing out, I, I think a toucan could potentially be on site. I think a tortoise could potentially be on site. I'm crossing my fingers for the caiman, which for those that don't know is a small crocodile. I did not know that. Yep. So they could be bringing a small crocodile. And then the absolute fan favorite, if Kayla is willing to come out, she is a kinkajou. What is a kinkajou? A kinkajou is, in my words, and the Maryland Zoo did not correct me on this. I want to point that out. (laughs) For a long time, there is an advertisement that has been around since the 1930s or 40s uh, showing what appears to be a sloth. A lot of people say it's a sloth. It's an animal. Oh, that's what I always thought it yeah, was. Yeah, it's an animal hanging from its tail. Yeah. And the cool thing is the my goodness, my Guinness uh, phrase is upside down because so is this animal. Um, but uh, it's a kinkajou. And a kinkajou is this, uh, I don't know if it's, a, I don't think it's a marsupial, but I call it a monkey bear because that's what it is. <laughs> and when I said that to the guys at the zoo, they were like, yeah, yeah, I go along with that. So it's a monkey bear and she is absolutely adorable. Kayla is my 100% favorite animal ambassador. Uh, so maybe we'll get Kayla. Knock on wood. It is very much at the discretion of the. Certainly, if she's willing to. If she is willing to dust herself <laughs> off and join us for for an afternoon at the brewery. So does Sean have any animal allergies? Uh, yes. Oh. Any animal that eats from the mango tree. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> You're just gonna keep hammering me on this. Well, thing. I just I was worried that Sean wouldn't be able to enjoy the village to full. Uh, yeah. Fully. And I think, by the way, it's, I'm glad you point that out. A couple of the brewers will be bouncing around as well. It'll be a chance to say hello and meet them and uh, really kind of dig into the beer. So, I mean, a huge celebration, right? We, we, we have to go all out for St. Patrick's Day at Guinness. Yeah, and it would be pretty disappointing if you didn't. Yeah, if we were just like, eh, you know, we got a sandwich special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a ham sandwich. Yeah, a ham sandwich. And a Reuben. Yeah. <laughs> um, is a big deal made of it at the brewery in Dublin? Oh, or, for sure. Okay, I didn't know. Yeah, kind of like because you always like I've always been told that 
St. Patrick's Day is much more of an American thing than an Irish thing. Like they the the modern version of it and the version that um, to sit around get drunk and well, or, first of all, but not at Guinness because you should drink responsibly. Thanks, buddy, and always use the lift with the code. Special code, whatever it yep. is that day. Guinness Get Home yeah. is the code. <laughs> uh, if you come into uh, if you come into Guinness, thank you for that wonderful segue, <laughs> Chris. If you come into Guinness on Saturday or Sunday, if you use Guinness Get Home, um, they'll give you fifteen dollars towards your your lift back home, which is awesome. Please I mean, that's, drink responsibly. that's so so important to us. Um, but yeah, I mean that modern, and I don't even want to talk about the you know the consumption of beer, but the the shamrock. Yeah. Head pieces and the big green the characterization. The, yeah, exactly. That that sort of um, I don't want to say cartooning, but but yeah, I mean that I mean, that, that is. And and really, what I love about it is again, just like we were talking about with the American craft beer industry, this goes back to the melting pot nature of immigration in the United States in the 18th century. And because there were so many groups coming into the United States and so many people fighting. Um, literally and figuratively to be the loudest group in the room so that their heritage wouldn't be lost in this in this massive mix uh saint patrick's day which was a very somber sort of solemn uh reflective religious day in the united states where you wanted to make sure that ireland was represented and your heritage was front and uh, front and center um it became a much more celebratory thing yeah. because it was loud and it was brash and it was in your face the first saint patrick's day parade anywhere in the world was not in Ireland. It was in New York in 1762, before this was even a country. Oh, um, wow. So, Did I mean, we, we have, I don't want to say that we have a longer uh, history with St. Patrick's Day than the Irish do. That is, that would be a bald-faced lie. Yeah, but it was just a very but different that, celebration. I would say the celebratory nature of St. Patrick's yeah. Day is, in many ways, an American creation. When Ireland was just, like, yeah, not just, but it was it was a Catholic holiday. That's right? exactly right. Yeah, it was yeah. A, a day of observation. You you could not open you could not open your bar on St. Patrick's Day and serve alcohol until the mid twentieth century. And then America came around and said, "Hold my beer." Right. We're, <laughs> we're gonna have some we're gonna have some beers in seventeen sixty two to St. Patrick and people from Germany and 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 you know the wherever were like, "Who's this? What? It, yeah, St. Patrick. We'll have a beer with him. Why not?" <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean it's it it uh it is an Irish holiday. It is it is as tied to Ireland as anything in the world, including Guinness. Um, I often joke that that sort of the Trinity of Ireland is. St. Patrick's Day, the color green, and Guinness. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a great holiday. It's got an incredible story. Did you know that St. Patrick is actually not uh, technically a saint? He was never canonized by a pope, which is sort of the the, the penultimate, yeah, the penultimate thing that you know solidifies you as a saint. So technically, uh, in a couple of days, we're going to be celebrating Patrick's Day. Huh. Um, but he, I mean, he is a saint. I don't want to get. I'm going to get rocks thrown at yeah. me when I leave this building. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of um, a lot of history, a lot of stories that go. Frederick along with County it. has the first uh, American saint. Is that right, Graham? Or did I completely make that up? Cool. He thinks you're correct. Uh, <laughs> one of my so I'll tell you my favorite St. Patrick's Day uh, fact. Um, in addition to uh, the the rivers being dyed green in Chicago, which is by the Plumbers Union, most people don't realize that you have to be a member of the local Plumbers Union in Chicago to get on the boat that dies the river green. That but checks my, out. My absolute favorite fact about St. Patrick's Day is a small bar, and forgive me to the, this bar because I can't remember its name, but there's a bar in Buffalo, New York, that each year Anchor celebrates bar. the... It's not Anchor Bar. It's the one I know, right? It's the one you know. They celebrate the shortest St. Patrick's Day parade anywhere because everybody goes in to the bar, they have a beer or two, 
They all march out in full regalia, march around the bar, and go right back in. That's, That's the St. Patrick's Day Parade. <laughs> I absolutely adore that. That's one that I found out about a couple years ago. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, to your point, we got to go big, right? Everybody's yeah. expecting that, but we got to do it in a way that is authentic, that is true to who we are, that is true to our brand, um, and give the people an experience that they're expecting. I um I was bummed because I missed out on the 17 cent uh, commemorative St. Patrick's Day pints. Where was that? It was online. I don't know, it was posted on the oh pint glasses. Yeah, yeah, pint glasses. Because oh, yeah, yeah, nobody yeah, was going to send you in no. the mail a pint of no, Guinness draft think, for no. 17 cents. I think that would probably have gone bad by the time I got there. Chris, but. you know a guy that works at a place that's got a fair bit of Guinness glassware, <laughs> buddy. If you if you need some Guinness, glassware, I don't think that, I think it was online only. I don't think you have them at the storeroom, or do you? What did it look like? I don't know. It just said like limited edition 2020 Saint. Pa- I don't know. It has Shamrock on it. Great. And some stuff. I'll see what I can do. Something tells me that wasn't coming from Guinness. So. No, it was. It, it was? was. It was posted on Guinness US's. Oh, all right. Um, Instagram. I got to call Heather. Heather is Instagram our account. Heather is our co- correspondent. She'll she'll give me the rundown. Maybe I can snag you one or two. Um, so the someone told me that you can now actually tour the brewery in Dublin. That it's not just the. The storehouse experience. Yeah, I think they got tired of us having all the fun. Yeah, so there. No, this is something that's been in the works for a while. Okay, I think as as we talked about, as the education level of, of consumers around the world increases, the desire to get inside the brewery to really get up close and personal uh, with uh, that equipment, you know, see where the Guinness draft is made, those sorts of things. Yeah, so they they've created um, the the existing tour experience is still there. There's an elevated experience that you okay. can do. Uh, that takes you sort of behind the scenes at the brewery. Is it through the full production or the open gate there? I think you get into Brewhouse 4. Okay. Which is... It's the original, it, right? No, no, no. no. So Brewhouse 4 is the current modern Starship Enterprise okay. uh, brewery uh, that is making all of the all of the beer, aside from what the OGB is making at St. James's Gate. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you get behind. And here's the thing. I mean, St. James's Gate is massive. The original, obviously, storehouse is there. Uh, Vat House 1 and Vat House 2, built in 1798, are still there. Uh, so there's a lot of history to see. It's an amazing place to be behind yeah, the scenes. I guess it would really have been stupid to name the first brew house, Brew House 4, huh? Man, I wasn't going to point that out. I don't. <laughs> that, that didn't seem to be the polite thing to do. Actually, well, the first Star Wars made was Episode 4, so it's maybe not that stupid. So you're telling me George Lucas took his cue from Guinness? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm going with. So what? We got like 20 years from now, Guinness is going to open and, Brew House 1. Yeah. And it's going to be just wildly disappointing. And it's going to be on the Wikipedia. <laughs> it's going to be on their Wikipedia page by this evening. It's just going to be It's just going to be very just the people that love Brew House 4 are going to look at Brew House 1 and go, can't believe we waited this long for this. And there's going to be some bizarre character named Jar Jar Binks. Um. Yeah, because that was an, as amazing as the storehouse is. Yeah. I was kind of disappointed when they, because I had no idea before going there that you don't go through any of actual brewery. Yeah, and and again, you know that when the storehouse was built and the tour that they created was was um, developed, nobody would have thought that that would have been something yeah. worth seeing, right? Nowadays, especially for the American consumer going to Dublin, most of these people have been to a brewery or two or yeah. 10 or 30. And have, in all these places, you get up close and personal with that equipment. Is there any other brewery that has anything like that? 
uh, that has what like a like, like a, a the storehouse type experience like ooh, this Budweiser um, or Coors. Yeah, or? you can go to St. Louis and go go to a Budweiser brewery. I don't know that it's at the scale of what Guinness has in Dublin. Um, I've heard the Heineken experience is actually a lot of fun. Okay, um, I'm waiting for. I think it's 20 years. I think it's 2040 when uh, Vian Stefan turns 1,000 years old. Todd Perkins and I have already agreed, despite what our wives may say, <laughs> that we're going to make that trip out to Germany to go to Wein Stefan, uh, uh, their thousandth birthday. So, I mean, there are breweries around I the world like that have that. I feel like that's going to be a miserable experience. Nah, bro. Unless nah, you be great. really like to be around. We'll both be in our mid-50s. It'll be fantastic. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, there there are other breweries that have uh, – Pilsner or Kell has an incredible one in in uh, in, the, in Czechia. Um, so – yeah, they, they exist. But like the storehouse. That's I what I mean. Like something like the storehouse is just I've never been I've I've never been to another um like huge brewery. So I don't know if any Yeah. Like, I mean I would, I would say, say Sierra in Asheville is epic and huge. And I mean maybe not again not Carolina. to the, the Frederick of North Carolina. Um also the first time that was what talked Guinness, about when you were here. What Guinness has that very few other breweries have is that story. Yeah. Right? Just 260 years that we can trace back to Arthur Guinness signing a lease on December 31st, 1759. And oh, by the way, if you stand in the center of the first floor of the storehouse and look down at your feet. There it is. There it is. Right? I mean, that that just incredibly well-developed and well-reported and and preserved timeline. And that is the actual document, right? It's not a replica, or is it a replica? It's real, Chris. Okay, it's a replica. You know what I was amazed by? That I was allowed to um, flip through log books from, I'd have to look at the pictures, but I think it was like 1780 or something like that. Yeah, and I mean, that's the other thing, right? The archives, how well-preserved they are. Um, and then someone told me like they just kept shipping them over here because they have so many over there. We do have a bunch. Yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of material that they sent us. I mean, if you walk through our brewery, you're, you're going to see that influence. The Half of the first Innovation Brew Kettle in Guinness's history is right when you walk in the doors in the tap room. Um, uh, we have a piece of one of the first maturation vats dating back to the late 18th century. We've got one of Michael Ash's original nitrogenated kegs. You know, in Baltimore. So do we have the museum experience that they have in Dublin? No. I mean, that, that, that is what, that, if you want to return to the mothership, right? If you want the full experience, that's where you go because they're going to take you through 260 years over the course of a two-hour tour over six floors and then finish it off with a pint of perfectly poured Guinness draft in the gravity bar with a 360-degree view of Dublin. It's absolutely amazing. What we're going to do in Baltimore is give you a tour that is absolutely of that quality but we're going to finish it with tasting four different beers, two of which are things you will have never had. And then if you just want to come in and have a beer, nobody's doing that at the storehouse. Nobody's just walking in, grabbing a beer or two with a buddy. Actually, no, and then I don't think out. you can. You can't. Can you got to buy yeah. a ticket. Yeah, you got to buy a ticket. That is not what we do here. Now, I guess if you want to spend $45 or whatever it is now, you could go yeah. in and just have a beer. Just go to Long Hall on <laughs> Georgia Street, man. That's the best pint I've ever seen. Um. So, I don't think anything's been announced yet. So, will you be because ha- you had a pretty big concert at the brewery last year, right? We did, yeah. Frankie Ballard came out and played the anniversary. Um, is there plans to have another big uh, concert this year? Or I don't know about GDD? a concert. I mean, for that for that second anniversary on August third, we we will absolutely blow it out. We'll do we'll do something big. I, I haven't heard any specific details. I would love to break news again, but I don't know any anything specific. Um. 
what was more fulfilling, uh, meeting Nick Offerman or getting to come on Uncapped a second time? Getting to come on Uncapped the second time, <laughs> I think. No, I mean that sincerely, man. Nick Offerman was great. He was, uh, he was a lot of fun. What I love about Nick Offerman was that he was exactly who I expected him to be. Were you as disappointed that he was clean-shaven as I was when you showed up clean-shaven? Uh, no, because I think you were pretty fired up that I was clean-shaven. I, <laughs> no, I mean, I, the... Um, he was he was just so down to earth, man. You know, I've I've been very fortunate or unfortunate, depending on how you look at it, to to meet and interact with some you know some pretty famous people in my life, and uh, it's always kind of a crapshoot. So meeting a guy like Nick Offerman and realizing like, hey, that persona that you see, that yeah, that sort of down to earth, man. yeah, that's just kind of who he is, and it was fun. It was especially fun watching he and Sean uh, interact uh, because most people might not know Nick Offerman's brother is a brewer. Yeah, I was going to mention that. Yeah. Sean was telling me about that. Yep. So there's a kinship there, and I, you know, Nick Offerman has this this uh, sort of um, reputation as a as you you said like sort of a manly man, but working with his hands, sort of yeah. a blue collar kind of guy. And I, I would expect a lot of that comes from his brother, you know, being a brewer. There may not be uh, many more blue collar professions than brewing. Yeah, and it's not that he owns a brewery; he is he's a, a brewer. He brews beer. Every yes, he does. <laughs> Yeah, so it was fun getting to getting to meet him. The videos that that Guinness has been doing with Nick Offerman yeah, are hilarious. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Yeah, they've been a lot of fun. So having a guy like that be a part of uh, of what we do around this time of year is is a lot of fun. Who is the most famous person you've ever met? Oh my goodness, um, I would say it depends on it depends on the media. Yeah, because there's some people probably that you consider completely famous. Yeah, um, but a lot of people aren't. Well, I mean, going in this part of the world, Cal Ripken, Brooks Robinson, Frank. Ro I mean, th those kind of guys. If you're an Oriole fan, yeah. it doesn't get much better than that. But if I, um, like, I wouldn't care. Uh, let's see, uh, Alice Cooper. That was pretty big. That's a pretty universal. That, was, that one was one that yeah people and I got him to sign a ball for my buddy that says uh, Milwaukee is Algonquin for the good land. Alice Cooper, for those that like Wayne's World. <laughs> you ever seen Wayne's World? Yeah, but come I don't on, remember man. that. Ah, come on. You got you to remember that one. Um, was that at an Orioles game? It was. Which I don't think we mentioned at all. Uh, Ryan is also the voice of the Orioles. That is, yep, that is that is strike, Robin, strike true. Um, yeah, I mean, I, a lot of baseball. I mean, when I were, was working in, in baseball for Major League Baseball, I met, a, I met a lot of those guys. Ozzie Smith was like one of the most just – just the, uh, are you the still doing that guy. also i am yeah i'm going how, back for season number nine how do you have that how do you have time i mean the answer is i don't <laughs> uh no we you know we we i do the best that i can i mean yeah. guinness, guinness is absolutely my priority and the orioles know that but um the orioles is is a gig that uh it's tough to walk away from you know it's it's something that i'm uh, i'm very passionate about i grew up rooting for that team and going to that ballpark and so to show up there 81 times a year and uh, welcome the team to the, you know, what I consider to be the best ballpark in the country, man. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, there was someone that I mentioned you to, and I said that he's the ambassador for the Guinness Beer. Like, wow, that's an amazing job. And there's someone who's a big Orioles fan yeah. too. And I was like, oh yeah, he's also the voice of the Orioles. He's like, how can one person have two amazing, <laughs> like, such amazing jobs? Well, and I and I married the most amazing woman on earth. I got I got a lot going for me, man. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's exhausting, you know. But but um. We've all worked jobs where we didn't have any any passion. We didn't want to be there. You know, I, I say passion fifty times a day because I think it's 
the most important thing in the world. I think it's the most contagious thing on earth. Um, and if you live with passion, if you have the opportunity to do that, it is so much better than the alternative. What is the number one thing you're looking forward to that Guinness has coming up or that you would love to see happen at the brewery? Um, so St. Patrick's Day is obviously a big one for us. I can't wait to get everybody in there. I think it's going to be a lot of fun to to, uh, to get that place crowded. Just this past weekend, the outdoor space, the weather has been a little bit warmer. So we had a lot of people outside, which has been great because uh, I love when that outdoor space comes alive. And then um, I'll tell you what, man, from an education standpoint and from a training standpoint, two things that I'm incredibly fired up about that we're able to do. We have uh, a handful of our bar staff and tour staff uh, who are getting ready to take their certified Cicerone exam. And I know that not everybody buys into the program. Not everybody uh, maybe doesn't even know what it is. For those that don't, it's it's sort of the uh, sommelier program for beer. And well, I, think, uh, I feel like the definitely the lower level ones are very important for oh for sure certified beer server yeah. And then uh, the level two uh, every every almost every staff member we have is a certified beer server. But that level two exam, um, which is the highest level I've gotten to, it's mm-hmm. incredibly difficult and very involved as it should be. Um, but we have a handful of, of our staff that I've been training for the last four months. And there, uh, hopefully a handful of them will be taking the test at the end of April. So nice. I've got my fingers crossed. And I made a joke the other day that I feel like Edward James almost in Stand and Deliver, for anybody that remembers that movie, <laughs> um, taking the kids through calculus and watching them pass the exam. Uh, but yeah, man, I, you know, our, our staff amazes me every day. Um, the level of, of engagement that, that they create um the beers that they pour the tours that they give the tour program out of nowhere uh usa today nominated us as one of the 10 best um, times. yeah in the country uh we're trailing trogues right now and that is one heck of a tour i was gonna say i mean if you if you lose the trogues there's no shame in that no (laughs) no i mean everybody on that list allagash is on that list for goodness sakes and i i don't i don't think that anybody in the country does uh, hospitality, industry hospitality, the way that Allagash does. So, um, you know, we've just been very fortunate. And really all of it boils down to, in my opinion, two things, that brewing team, what Holly and and those guys are doing, and then what our staff has been able to accomplish, man. We we throw a curveball at them seemingly every day. I mean, imagine working at a bar where the tap list changes every week or two weeks. Um, And it's not just you need to know what this beer is called. We need you to know intimate details about how that beer was created uh, because that's what people expect when they walk in. Um, are you going to go for your level three? Uh, you know what? Training these guys for level two is, has rekindled my desire to, to maybe jump up one more level. Uh, my former colleague, a guy named Chris McClellan, uh, who's a good buddy, um, is a level three and listening to him talk about that exam. I'm like, maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, I, I think that when we stop learning, when we stop evolving, that's when we stop living. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep trying to get smarter, keep trying to get better. Um, Cause that's 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 what I think life's all about, man. I am. Um, I watched the that Netflix special um, Psalm. I think was the name of it. And so, if the Cicerone exams are anything like sommelier exams are, I'm positive I will never. It's epic. Take I mean, level level two is tough. You know, I I was I was very lucky to get through it the way I did, and um, I'm also very lucky that Guinness supports that type of, of advancement yeah. and that type of, of continuing education, man. I think it's super smart. 
What is it? What did you have? Is there mangoes in this? this? Uh, no, no mangoes. Thank goodness. Um, this is a single malt whiskey made by McClintock Distilling. Right that, out here in your backyard? Yep, that um, we made with them. That's It's infused with hops. Oh. Um, and I think they, they re-released it a couple weekends ago, and I think they still have a few more bottles left. So if you missed out the first release of it, they still have some at the distillery. <clears throat> um, I want to thank you so much for coming out again it's been a pleasure thanks Uh, for having me man it's always a pleasure hanging out with you and uh thank you everyone for watching and listening slancha slancha indeed happy saint patrick's day everybody uncapped is brought to you with support from mcclintock distilling maryland's first and only organic certified distillery they are well known for their award-winning gin and are rapidly growing a name for themselves for their matchstick bourbon and bootjack rye whiskey that have both won double gold at international spirits competitions you can visit them in historic downtown Frederick along Carroll Creek for tours and tastings. Go to McClintockDistilling.com for more information. The Uncapped Podcast is produced by Graham Cullen and me, Chris Sands. Be sure to like us on Facebook, and if you've enjoyed these podcasts, please leave us a review on Google Play or the iTunes Store. A special thanks to Double Motorcycle for providing our theme music. Thanks for listening. Oh my God, that's good.